0: The American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. The people fell so easily into idolatry when a king put up an idol because they didn't have the word of God. The Protestant Reformation. For about a thousand years, maybe even more than 1,500 years, the people didn't have the word of God. And we call that period the Dark Ages, by the way. Okay. But the scribe sees this and, and he says, I'm, he takes it back to Josiah, reports that the work's getting done, and then begins to read it to the king. He's 26 years old. He is so moved by the word of God and, and remorse that it's been gone for 70 years, he tears his clothes. Now, to us, that sounds odd, but you heard me talk, talk to the kids about it. It's, it's one of those signs of remorse, of sorrow over the fact that the people haven't had the word of God in their lives for 70 years. So he tells Hakai, I want you to do, you and the other priest guys, I want you to inquire of the Lord. Speak to God. What do we do since we've had this long period of time without the word? More than that, what's God going to do since we've had such a long period of time without the word? He says this in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 34 and 21. Go inquire of the Lord for me, for those who are left in Israel and Judah, that is the remnant, concerning the words of the book which has been found, for the wrath of the Lord which has poured out on us is great because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to act in accordance with everything that was written in the book now i'm going to get in trouble for this but could i say the same thing for our nation for the wrath of god is great because we have neglected the word of god yeah that'll get me in trouble well, the priests go and seek out this prophetess. Now, Jeremiah, by the way, is born at this time, but he's little. Nahum is around at this time, but they go to this prophetess, and she begins to give them a word to give back to the king. This is in Second Chronicles 23 through 28. Behold, I am bringing evil on this place and on its inhabitants. That's how you want a word of God to start, isn't it? All the curses written in the book which they have read in the presence of the king of Judah. Now, if you remember, what is he talking about? Remember when Israel makes its covenant with the Lord, you got it in Deuteronomy, all right, for one. If you obey the words written here, blessings. Blessings. If you don't obey the words written here, a whole list of cursings. That's what she's talking about. Since they have abandoned me... Wait a minute, I, I thought that it was the word that you were talking about. Anyway. And have burned incense to other gods so that they may provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. My wrath will be poured out on this place, and it will not be quenched. But the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord... This is what I say to him. This is what the word what the Lord God of Israel says. In regard to the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God, when you heard his word against this place and its inhabitants, and because you humbled yourself before me, tore your clothes and wept before me. I have indeed Heard you. Because you heard the word and responded to the word. I hear you. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Peace with him, with God. So your eyes will not see all the evil which I am bringing upon this place and its inhabitants. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna going after Israel. But because you heard the word and you responded to it in remorse and repentance, because you're not going to see it. You know what that means? Because of a guy who heard the word of God and responded, all the people around him were getting it. For the next about 10 years, 12 years, Israel, the people that did all these wicked things, they don't come under the judgment because of one man. Whoa. But he's not going to see it. What's his response to this word? Well, if you remember a couple kings ago, the same kind of word came. Oh, well, I'm glad it's not in my lifetime. I'm not worried about it. Is that, is that what Josiah does? Well, you know, at least I'm not going to see it. I can live happy then. <clears throat> Nope. He gathers, and it says it this way, all the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the Levites, all the people from the greatest to the least. Hmm. And he gets all the people together, and he, the king, reads the book. Not the priest. The king reads the book. Hmm. Hmm. That's where we come to the text we opened with this morning. He's to the point now and he is standing before the people. He reads the word of God to the people. That's where he says, at that pillar, he made a covenant with the Lord to walk after the Lord, to keep his commandments, and his testimonies, and his statutes, with all his heart, with all his form, to perform the words of the covenant. And you'll see that. This is why he does Passover right away. That was one of the things you were supposed to perform, do, under that covenant that God made with Israel when they came out of Egypt. And all the people joined in the covenant. I also want you to understand Later, here coming up, all right, when Judah falls into captivity, okay, these Israel corporately has also now renewed their covenant. So, the judgment that comes just isn't because of some covenant he made with a particular generation way back here, but y'all have made a covenant too. So, y'all just as countab- accountable as they would have been back then when those blessings and cursings were done. Like I said, they celebrate Passover. And then it says this in Second Chronicles 34 and 23. Throughout his lifetime, he did not turn from following the Lord God of his fathers. Oh, man, I'd like to be of that, my epitaph. Historians and theologians alike argue that this was the greatest time of spiritual renewal in Israel's history. because of a young man. But let me ask you a question. Didn't he hear the word of the Lord? Wait a minute, what? He is calling the people to spiritual awakening and revival. When he's heard the word of the Lord, they're not going to listen. In the end, ultimately, judgment's coming. God doesn't judge a righteous people, a group, okay? What, What makes you want to preach to people who won't listen. Remember, Jeremiah is brought up in this context. He's living in this time. It comes towards the end, particularly of Josiah's life. And, and, and Jeremiah was told by God, I want you to preach to people who won't listen. Wow. Then what's the point? Right? Well, what's the point then? I, it's sort of like when God says to Moses, I want you to go to Egypt and have, tell people, Pharaoh to let my people go. Oh, by the way, he ain't gonna listen, he ain't gonna do it. Um, excuse me, God, then why are you sending me? How do you keep doing right what God wants you to do when you know how the culture's gonna respond to it, not just ultimately, but even just the way it is. We can all pick up the book and we you read the everybody read that last book? Or Daniel? We sort of know how it is, doesn't it? And we have to be careful because everybody today, and I, I, every generation does this. I mean, Paul did it himself. We are in the last day like it's going to happen in our lifetime. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't, okay? But if you look at the degradation of culture, the wickedness that the Bible says, what's the point? I'll get to that. The problem was this the scriptures had been neglected. That's always the problem. When the word of God is neglected, culture corrupts. This is why our founding fathers recognized that a democracy is made for godly, moral, religious people. And by the way, when they said religion back then, they didn't mean Buddhists and Hindus. You can go back and look at it. I'm a, you can read the documents. You can get them online. They're actual writings. They're referring to Christianity. Okay? Too long, Scripture has been neglected in our country and in our churches. Okay? We... Um, You can fill the pews real easy with a motivational speech. I asked someone recently about the church they were attending, and and, there had been a change in their leadership, and I said, well, tell me, what's the heart? What's the passion? What's the thing that comes through in your pastor teaching and preaching? Their words. Well, he's pretty much a motivational speaker. Very large church in our town. Okay. You can always fill pews or any stadium as long as I tell you how wonderful you are. But Scripture starts this way. There was these people that were in paradise and they weren't so wonderful. They thought they can be like God. Thus, we need a Redeemer. If we were wonderful people, we wouldn't need one. I'm not going to beat you up with that. Okay. But Scripture has been too long neglected in our country and our churches. For spiritual renewal, revival, whatever term you want to call it, you, Congress can go pass all the moral laws they want. they could defund plant and parenthood and anything else you think is pagan. that doesn't change the heart of people. It is the Holy Spirit moving on the Word of God, moving in the heart of man that transforms him. Amen. That's why faith comes by Hear. hearing and hearing the word. Word. word, yeah, not the word from the most recent self-help book. Okay, Not the most recent personality test okay? from the word of God. <clears throat> the other thing I want to point, first of all, it's scripture. The answer to the problem is scripture. That's the answer. Why? Because there the Holy Spirit speaks through it and from it to the heart of man. How can they call upon the one in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear unless someone preaches? And what do they preach? Christ and him crucified. Uh, I can beat that all day, all day long and enjoy doing it. So we'll move on. The other point, and you heard me say it to the kids, age does not limit God's use of you. And I purposely didn't say Youth does, because too many of us get older and we think we can retire. Sorry, you don't get to retire from what God puts you on this planet for. You don't get to do that. God can and does use all ages. Scripture's full of stories where God doesn't use people till they're old. Let's start with Abraham. Okay. And Young. Okay. There is a thing I, I was watching somebody recently talking, and it was a worship person, a music person, talking about to be a worship leader today, you got to be pretty. You got to be, that's the hip thing, is have attractive people up front. That's a lie. Okay. There is plenty of people out there that don't fit the model role or the actor role that God has anointed with a heart for worship that he can use. But we've bought into the world idea that pretty means better. I've got off sidetrack there a little bit, but it isn't just age. It's shape, sizes, colors, abilities. God uses him for his glory if you seek God and his word. Hmm. Third, a lot of healing can take place in a short period of time when God's word is taught, preached, and read. We look at at a culture and say, man, you know, I don't know. we're in it for the long haul. Mmm, man. The Great Awakening in the United States, 1700s, OK? happened pretty quick. Relative speaking, as far as history goes, the Reformation ask Martin Luther one day, when you get up there, how fast it took his 99 thesis to get scattered around Europe. It was unprecedented. Nothing had spread that fast. Printing press had come out. Gee, God's timing, really. Anyway, just an accident, coincidence, right? When God's word is taught, I think, I think many a preacher in the pulpit has gone, well, what's the point? They're not going to change anyway. So I might as well give them milk toast, if you don't know what that is, okay? My dad was raised Po. And so one of the things he would eat when I grew up just take some milk and you take the still bread and you sit in the milk and you absorb the milk and you eat that. It's just a soggy mess, okay? Not everybody, not everybody needs baby food. If you today, at whatever age you are, I was still feeding you strained peas, you would be sick. (laughs) It's true. You've got to have that well-balanced diet Okay. The whole counsel of the Word of God to truly grow. But a lot can happen, and I would suggest to you is happening in many places. As many people, many congregations, missionaries and otherwise, recognize they got, have to go back to preaching the Word in its purest form. That is expository. I'll leave that alone. Finally, and this is where I'm addressing the question of Josiah. Why preach? Why read it? if they're, Ultimately, they're not going to turn. Because we are responsible to proclaim the word of God in our generation and no other. You weren't born 50 years ago. Well, I was born 50 years ago. Okay, more than that. But but you know what I'm saying? You weren't around back when and you won't be around way out there somewhere. God placed you in this generation to do what he's called you to do in this one. And you will stand before him and be accountable to him, not for the response, but whether you did it or not. Okay? That's what he said. He promised, I'm going to perform. I'm going to do what you say to do. And it doesn't matter where they end up. What matters is he discovered the word of God and the word of God called him to do and to be and that's what he was going to do and be. It is hard for us to trust God for the outcome because at least in our culture, we are outcome-based. We measure a person by how much money they make or the house you have, the things that we see on the outside, the, that, that you must be somebody. Okay? You're going to have a wise mother raise X amount of kids and nobody will read a book that she writes. But you get somebody from Hollywood or a politician and for some reason they're an expert on motherhood. Or finances, or picket. Why? Because we see fame and all this, and we say, for that some some reason, that they have the right to tell us about politics or morality. Okay, no, that all comes from the Word of God. All right, and it is the content is what matters, not the outcome. Now let's get real. When you preach, do do you have a heart? When you speak to your neighbor about Christ, is your heart to see that person come to Christ, surrender their life to his lordship, and spend eternity with him? Yes, it is. But what God does not hold me accountable, I have how many come to him. Let me put it another, in another study. He might have more accountable of how many I shared it with in your realm of influence. Now, let's get real. Some people have a realm of influence of tens of thousands. Others have an influence of I would present to you the, the percentage can still be the same and you, whether you, use, you want to use the parable of the talents remember it was return on what was given whenever we talked about this on Wednesday night In the parable of the talents everybody got different amounts how they brought return on those different amounts but they all got the same reward and the parable of the mind is Mark they all get the same extent, people each get a mina, a, a coin, a, a denomination of money. Okay? And then, though, based upon the return they gain for the master for that, their rewards are different. What is the difference? Do we all get the same gifts, abilities, and talents? No. You're just held accountable what God has given you in that regard to each one's been given different, but they all get the same reward. But what have we all been given that's exactly the same? When it comes to our Christianity, that is salvation itself. The gospel. That we all get the same. But Christ in his parable teaches this. What you do with that will determine different rewards. It doesn't matter if you have talents, gifts, and abilities like so-and-so. that you can write songs like Mike. All right? Then, what matters is, what what are you doing with the salvation you've been given? That's what you're held accountable for. What you do with it, not what God does with it, but what you do with it. Josiah decided, when he read God's word, he said, I just got to do what I got to do. And he gets a word saying, and he dies pretty young, at 39. There's plenty of these people still left after he dies. Okay? That these people aren't ultimately, Israel's not. His history is not going to change. The Revelation, book of Revelation is still going to take place. But he knew this I got to do what God's commissioned me to do. And that led to a generation, a period of time, of great spiritual renewal. If you want to see great spiritual renewal in your sphere of influence, in our city, in our nation, it happens when people start doing what God has commissioned them to do and made that a priority. That they're willing to crush the stones of the altars into powder, stand in the public square, and read the Word of God. I can show you in books I got in my office keys to church growth, because that's the measure of success. Um, but anyway, one of those measures is this: when the people in the pews start getting active, they, they, they call it, you know, involved in ministry or programs. No, really what it is. their spiritual growth when people start doing what God's commissioned them to do. Because I have a particular sphere of influence. Now it might be larger than yours, okay? But when my sphere of influence confines with yours and yours and yours and yours, and we're all doing what we're commissioned to do, now we're making a whole lot bigger impact. Okay? That great renewal came to a young, a relatively young man. Much happened relatively quickly because he found the word of God and says, I will do what that says. Immediately, he did Passover. Tells us what time of year it was. Okay, immediately he did Passover. He didn't think about it. Wait, ponder. Let's have a staff meeting, think about it. Let's brainstorm on the whiteboard. They still use whiteboards, right? Okay, or the chalkboard, whatever your generation is. Let's brainstorm and get ideas of what we think we should do. No, he read it in the Word. Let's do that. What an idea. I would suggest to you where we see the world, where we see in our country, and everybody's all in turmoil about it, the answer is the word of God and people reading it, taking it to heart, putting it into action, and sharing it with others. That's the answer. I know that's not really deep. I was expecting something complex I never heard before, Pastor. I'm sorry, that's always been the case. It's a commitment to the inerrant, perfect, supreme word of God. Let's stand. For in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Lord, I pray that you call your church first to your word. That God, we wouldn't want sink new revelations and new dreams or new visions, that we would first always go first to your word. The answers we seek, whether it's in marriages and families and culture and business, whether it's the struggles and concerns of our mind, the answer is found in your word. God, call your church back to, call the preachers and the people back to your word. God, I am certain that in this generation, this time in which we live, we are going to see a time of spiritual renewal. But God, I know it's not because of talented people, not because we're Americans, that's for sure, because a remnant will once again cling to your every word that you've revealed in Scripture. God, I give you praise ahead of time for what you're going to do with your word. All to the glory of your name and for that alone. Amen. This is Pastor Randy Reams, and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word. This broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. And if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages, just visit kindredbible.org forward slash media, and there you can also subscribe to the podcast. If you're being ministered to by this broadcast, I'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry. Giving is easy. Just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give. There you can make a one-time gift, or you can choose to become a monthly supporter. But if you prefer, you can send your gift to KBC, P.O. Box 32, Nampa, Idaho 83653. Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.